learn what the Word says about uh, being that, that child of God in this world. Because it's one thing, you know, a lot of people will join a club. Man, that looks great. I'm going to join it. You do that in school. They'd have sign-up sheets on the bulletin boards. And every year, it's like all these clubs were up there. And you thought, man, that, I bet that'd be fun. You get in there, and you're like, there ain't no way I'm staying in this club. Had no idea what it was about, you know. And uh, But a lot of people come into the church. They have no idea what actually what it means to live for God. And, uh, man, it's, it takes takes that baby step of just believing but then there's a life to be lived for the Lord he called us to live for him he said if any man would lose his life for me or give his life for me then he'd save it alive but if he tries to hang on to his life then he, then he would surely lose it so uh, I realize that he has given me new life and I'm thankful for that tonight I want to read uh passage of scripture in Luke chapter 5 tonight and uh, several months ago nearly a year ago reading over this um, something jumped out to me and uh, just never felt you know just the opening to teach on it but I feel like I felt like today as I was just going over things I thought I think this is going to be good for tonight and help us out Luke chapter 5 we're going to read the first 11 verses tonight uh story that we've read many times. I'm sure you've read it and we've preached on it from different points, but there was something that stood out to me and I want to see if I can help us with that tonight. Luke 5 and verse 1 says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, I tell you, that must have been a wonderful time where people just pressed in to hear some preaching. <laughs> uh, all preachers long for them days. Uh, but where people just pressed upon him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. He sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let your nets or let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have told all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. When they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fish and their nets break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and, and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at uh, Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, <clears throat> which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. And I want to go back uh, to the second verse. When Jesus sees the two ships standing by the lake, it says the fishermen were going out of them and they were washing their nets. And I want to talk to us tonight about that, about washing nets. Washing nets. Probably... I've never taught on this or even preached on this, and you've never, maybe never even heard it preached on before, but it just jumped out to me. So let's pray for the lesson and, and see what God will do tonight. Lord, thank you for your word and the privilege of being in your house tonight. We sure love you and so thankful for the power that's in your word, the life it gives, the promises it holds. Help us to receive it into good ground tonight. We want to be better. We want to be more like you, and we sure want to be ready to, to meet you when you come. So help us with that tonight in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord another hand clap and shout of praise tonight. Thank the Lord. Washing nets. Now I had, that's the part that stood out to me because uh, I had just wondered uh, why they had to wash their nets. <clears throat> 
but nets to a fisherman are vital, especially in that day. They weren't fishing with, with the Yazebco 33. They weren't out there with the rod and reel, their bait caster. They fished with nets, and nets were vital to a person who makes a living fishing. More than a boat, because if you go out in the boat without the net, you're thinking about all the fish you could catch. <laughs> you've got to have the net. Or you could be stuck on land with a bunch of nets and not have a boat and try to figure out, how am I going to get out there? So it, it worked together, but these nets uh, were important. And just like any kind of craftsman, a mechanic, a electrician, whatever they are, anybody who makes a living with a set of tools will take care of their tools. Right. You, you ever know anybody that's a serious mechanic? You don't go in their shop and pick up their wrenches. <laughs> uh, you, don't, you don't do that. Uh, you don't mess with the things they make a living with. You don't just go out, somebody who's a carpenter, and you go out into their trailer and, and grab their hammers or their saws and things like that and go uh, you know, cut and brush down with them or something like that. Just, hey, I needed something. You, hey, I make a living with these things, and, and I, I change the blades. I take care of them. I clean them off, and I make sure they're put up and stored, and they take care of them. You take care of your tools. And so I was like, well, so why was it so important, though, for them uh, washing these nets out? And so I, I looked into it a little bit, and, and you know, when we read this uh, story, I think one part that, that got me right at the beginning is that Peter had answered and said, look, we've been fishing all night, and, and we didn't take anything. So I'm thinking, they didn't really do anything that night. Why? Are they washing these nets? And I could just jump in right here and say, you know, it's not always about how good a day you had. You do what you're supposed to do. That's what fishermen do. But even when they would cast these nets, the fact that he said we've taken nothing doesn't mean that nothing came back. It means they didn't have anything of any value in the net. The nets would be cast and they would gather debris out of the water. Uh, they would bring in dead fish, shellfish, seaweed, driftwood, all kind of things that were uh, in the water and on the bottom silt would gather on the strands of the cord of the nets. And they would wash these nets because if they didn't, they would reek with the fumes of decay and the boat would stink, they would stink, their hands would stink. And if they just left these nets full of rotten fish and rotten seaweed and things like that in their boats, it would attract rats. And rats would come in, and, and as they were eating on the debris, they would gnaw on the cords, making holes in the nets and weakening the net. And, and then just plainly an unwashed net, all the things that the water would put into it, it would weaken the cord of the net. It would cause it to, to be unreliable, ineffective, and then practically useless to a man who makes a living fishing. So no matter what they took, they would wash their nets. And uh, if they just left junk in the nets, then it was more work for the fishermen because the net is designed to hit the water and slide in seamlessly and, and so they can pull it back out quickly. But if it's loaded down with junk, it's more work, it's frustrating, it's more toil, and it's ineffective because fish can see a net full of junk. Yeah. The one reason that they fish at night or would fish at night is so that it would help to camouflage the nets, but if it was loaded down with sticks and things like that floating in the water, the fish could detect it, they could see it uh, and avoid it. It would scare them off. And so uh, it was important. It was maintenance. They were maintaining. Uh, they were taking great care of what was providing for them. Yeah. And so why does Luke even mention this? What, I mean, why is that even important and, and how does it... Because I, I see things in the scripture a lot of times that are done in the natural that, that bleed over into the spiritual, that, that we realize that there's a lesson to be learned in this. And so if they're so busy taking care of these nets that didn't really even provide anything that night... Uh, what are we doing about taking care of what's providing for us? Because we're not only the light of the world, 
And we're not only the salt of the earth, but Jesus said we would also be fishers of men. Isn't that what he said? So what are our nets? Is our nets not the gospel? Because I don't have to try to clean up the gospel. I don't have to try to wash the gospel or shine it up. It, yeah. it stands on its own merit. It's, it's the truth of God. It's the power of God unto salvation to all that believe. So I don't have to worry about that. But uh, what are we using? You think about this. What do we use to fish for men? It's our life. It's new life. Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. Paul said we are buried with him in baptism, and then we are raised to walk in newness of life. He wrote to the church in Galatia, he said, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Uh, Christ in us, the hope of glory. Uh, He wanted Christ to be formed in us. Uh, I am light that men can see. I am salt in this earth. Uh, He wrote to Timothy, don't let any man despise your youth, but be an example. And then he said to others, follow me as I follow Christ. The Bible says we are ambassadors for Christ. That means people are seeing our life. We are the body of Christ. People can see us. We are vessels used by him. People become shepherds. They become ministers. Uh, They are the saints of God, separated, called out, a peculiar people. We are the children of God. It's our life that people see. They have got to see that something has happened to us. And that's what gets people, you know, it's not always our word, it's what they see. Because people can say one thing but do something else. But are we lining up with what we say we are? It's our life. And Jesus paid a price purchased us with his blood so we could be this people. He died so we could be this people. He died so we could be washed and sanctified and justified. He filled us with his spirit so we could uh, be adopted into the body, grafted into the vine. He paid a price for us to have this life. I am come that you might have life. And so this life is my net. This is what I catch people with. This is how, you know, they see you going through trials. They watch how you react. They see you going through hard times. They watch how you react. They see you living just daily, on a daily basis, on your job, at your school, in town, wherever, on vacation, whatever it is. They see how you live. And we are in the public eye now more than ever before. Because now with uh, social media and phones and FaceTiming and things like that, You can be on the other side of the world, but be watching live what the other person is doing. We are now in the eye of people more than ever before. And so we have got an obligation. Uh, It's always been, uh, it should be always be unwavering and important, but now more than ever to make sure that we are being consistent with who we say we are and what we say we do. Because people can see you. Because somewhere, somebody, some you getting your picture made, and oftentimes you don't even know it. And then before you know it, you've been tagged in the picture you never knew was took. And you wished it hadn't been. That's when, that's when it gets bad is when you wish it hadn't been took. Oh, I'm glad they didn't have camera phones when I was growing up. Woo! The Lord saved me from that. But there's probably somebody with a 35-millimeter roll of film somewhere that Uh, I hope it never gets developed. But Jesus paid for us to have this. And so if this life lived for God, I mean, what's it mean to you? The Bible says if we believe that he's coming again one day, that this earth and things in it's going to be dissolved, he said, what manner of person ought we to be? He asked a question, he said, if uh, that you know, judgment will begin at the house of God and where shall the unrighteous, ungodly appear and how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Are, are we living the life? You know, he died to provide. He shed his blood uh, to wash us clean. Are we doing our best to stay that way? Are we 
uh, not just for ourselves, but so that people can see what he has done. When you read in Ezekiel uh, how he talks about that he would wash us and cleanse us and take away the stony heart out of our flesh and give us a heart of flesh, he said, I'm not just doing this for you. He said, but I'm doing it for them that will see you. And so they can, when they see you, they're going to say, wow, the waste places have been builded and fenced, and now they're lived in and they're inhabited. Uh, God took a wasted place and made something great out of it, and if he can do it for them, he can do it for me. And so this life, we are that walking billboard. We are that ambassador. We are, you know, Christ is in us, the hope of glory. And we don't hide that. He said, no man takes a candle and lights it, then puts it under a basket or under a bushel and tries to hide it. And so why would I try to hide what Jesus has done for me, what he died for so I could have it? It's not just like, oh, yeah, just pick something out. Uh, he said, I died so you could have this life. How could I ever not let my light shine? And so I need to value this life, and if this is my net, then I need to care for this life that he has given. I need to make sure that I'm cleaning my net. Because even when you don't draw any fish in, stuff gets collected. Things happen. So like we read again, we read verse 5. Peter says, Master, we've toiled all night, taking nothing. But at your word, I'll let down the net. Taking nothing. It doesn't mean that nothing was in that net. It just means there was nothing of value. There was plenty of stuff in that net. That's why they were washing them. It was dead, half a dead fish probably. There were uh, shells and seaweed wrapped around in it and probably had a few tears. They were probably mending the nets as well, working on them, getting ready. And, and all these things, if left there, could damage the net, spoil the net, make it ineffective for the next time they have to cast it. And so they were washing out their nets. Sometimes it's like that. We've told all day told all night, all week, all semester, all these years, and it seems like, well, I've taken nothing. But every day, you take something. Every day, it may not be that miraculous draw to fishes, but every day, you take something. We do what we do because that's what Jesus is making us, fishers of men. And so, it is important that we learn to wash our net, to cleanse ourself. It is important to wash the day away. I mean, uh, we are not of this world, but we are surely in this world. And sometimes the, the stench of this world, just like a man fishing, comes home and like, either you've been fishing or... Something, but you, you know something's going on. Uh, well, I've been around, I've been around, for, or I've been handling fish, whatever, but you know, if you handle fish, you'll smell like fish. And if you ha- go to work in this world, and if you go to school in this world, and if you go, guess what? I'm not saying you're participating, I'm not saying you're agreeing, but the weight, the sin, the things that are going on in this world, it gets in your mind, it gets in your head. You see images uh, with your eyes and you need to be praying and you need to be worshiping and you need to be doing something to get those things out of your mind, to get those things out of your head. You need to be washing your net because if you let it stay there, if you just let it sit there, it will affect you. If you keep thinking on it, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. If you keep dwelling on things, it's time... At the end of the day, wash those nets. Listen, there is enough scripture for us to understand that we are not to be like the world. The scripture tells New Testament, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Peter wrote to us, be holy because he is holy. Pure religion undefiled is this. Part of that is to keep your garments unspotted from the world. 
So you could be a witness in this world without being dirtied up by this world. He said, keep it unspotted. That means there's going to have to be some washing and some rewashing. You ever wash the clothes you got on now? I hope you do. Because I can tell you, just about any time I eat, especially if I'm at home, sitting in my chair, I'm going to get something on my shirt. And I either I'm going to wear it the next day, and people are going to say, well, you look like you had spaghetti last night, or soup, or peanut butter, or whatever. It don't matter. It's, if it can get on here, it will get on here. And I like that shirt. It's my favorite shirt. So I wash it so I can wear it. And so it doesn't stink and corrode and get stained and ugly. And stuff. I keep it unspotted. It gets spotted, and then I keep it unspotted by rewashing it and rewashing it and rewashing it again. The Bible says for us to lay aside every sin and every weight that could easily beset us, stop us on this race. He said if you're going to be a good soldier, don't get entangled with the affairs of this life. Just like things get tangled up in those fishermen's net, and they have to get it out. They've got to get those sticks out, get those shells out for it ruins the net. There's things that try to snare us in this world today. uh, Oh, politics is a big thing today. Uh, I've seen so many people hurt their witness because they'd rather talk about politics than they would talk about the Lord. There's been more preaching about politics than there has been the kingdom of God. This place, this this is not a campaign podium. Ain't nobody going to talk about no candidates from this pulpit. I'll stop you and pull you off of it. This is not a political rally house. This is where the kingdom of God's preached. Not getting tied up in all that politics stuff. It messes people up. It hurts people's walk. People need to wash their nets and get that stuff out of them. Listen, every day is not going to be a miracle day. But you got to be ready. And they didn't wash their nets just because they had a great day fishing. They washed it when they had a bad day fishing. They washed it when things were rough, when things were hard, when things were tough. They maintained the nets because they know what's coming tomorrow. I'm going fishing. If they was Jewish, they was going fishing, unless it was the Sabbath. So, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? Fishing. What about the next day? Fishing. What are you going to do when you're done fishing? I'm going to wash my nets because tomorrow i got to fish. You know what i got to do tomorrow? Be a light. You know what i got to be the next day? A light. You know what i got to do the next day? Be a light. You know what? Every day I walk until he comes back, I got to be a light for him. I got to be a witness for him. So I got to keep my garments unspotted. I got to keep my walk with him clean. I've got to wash my nets. Even on the days I don't feel like it. Listen, it's a lot easier to be excited about praying and reading and church attendance and giving and fasting when we're seeing results. When people are just falling in the altars and miracles and signs are happening and, and revivals going on, it's like ain't no problem to pray. Ain't no problem to fast. Maybe we're so caught up in everything. Boy, this is a good day. It's just like if you go to a fishing hole and, man, you come out, you caught 50 or 60 that day, you can't wait to get back. But you go two or three days fishing that same spot and don't catch nothing. And the fourth day somebody says, hey, let's go fishing. Where are we going? Down that side? No. I'm going to sit here and eat crackers or something, man. I, I'm not, I'd be about as productive because there ain't nothing going on there. And then, you know what happens, though? You don't go and your buddy calls you about three hours later. I caught the world state record large mouth killer striper some kind of bass something i'm not a fisherman so i don't know you ever mounted one of them brother andy world-class striper bass fishing something that's a new one but that's why and you'd be like why didn't i go i love fishing why didn't i go because you got lazy you got burnt out you got disappointed you got discouraged and you should have went. Right. Happens with hunting. Nope, I've been sitting in that tree all week, ain't seen a thing. 
go on down there and hunt my stand. Don't ever say that to anybody. Because <laughs> they're going to kill the biggest deer ever walked on planet Earth. And you're going to be crying about it. So don't never let nobody hunt your stand. But you can't kill nothing if you ain't in it. And you can't win nobody if you're off your game. You can't witness nobody if you decide not to witness that day. Listen, you can't show that Jesus has made a change in your life if you're acting like he hadn't. you got to wash those nets. Hey, I know life, living in this world, it gets tough sometimes. And I know that a lot of you guys that go into the workforce and go to school and go to classes, you, you're around a lot of things that, that I don't have to be around anymore. I don't work in that arena anymore, but I remember what it's like. And you have to be around people that don't believe like you and act like you and, and really don't even care about what you are. And you have to bring all that home and process that. And I'm living in a world, I'm like a, I'm like a lamb among wolves, and, and I'm out in this world, and this world hates me because I love Jesus. And you have to deal with that. But if you're going to be effective, if you're going to keep going, you better learn to wash your nets. You better learn to take care of what's taking care of you. You better learn to make sure that, hey, I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on reading. I'm going to keep on studying. I'm going to keep on loving God and living for God and worshiping God. I'm going to keep on telling people about Him, no matter if there's a big haul that day or not. You know how many times uh, we, we preach somewhere and it feels like, we're telling the Lord, I told off service. I didn't get nothing. And you know what he's going to tell me? Launch back out there and sling that net again. Yeah. Oh, you know, last Sunday what happened? You know what happened, don't you, Lord? Yeah I, was, yeah, I was there. But nevertheless, it's your word. And then we come out and we preach. There's 15 people in the altar. People's getting out of wheelchairs, throwing crutches across the room. I mean, it's just like, because it's what you do. And you've got to be ready. You never know what the next day holds. You never know what the next message holds. You never know what the next service holds. You don't know what the next hour holds. So you've got to always be preparing. And I'm sure that these guys had some days before Jesus ever came along that they was dragging the fish in. And oh, they was excited pulling them in. I'm sure they were looking at that net full of fish, and they're thinking, man, my kids are going to eat tonight. I'm going to feed some families. This is going to, we're going to sell some of this. I'm going to pay off. Some, I'm going to get that new sale for this boat. There's all the possibilities that, and they're so happy. They can't wait. I can't wait. Let's get, let's get these nets clean, because I can't wait to get back out there in the morning and hit that same spot, because you know it's, it's paying off right now. And boy, it wasn't no problem. They just laughing the whole time they scrubbing them nets. Woo! Did you see all them fish? But I, that ain't the story we see. We come up on some people that are probably not even talking. Ill. Tired. I don't know how many, if they've been toiling all night, I don't know how many casts that equals. But don't you know, with every cast that they pulled back, nothing but sticks and shells and dead fish, that it was like, I'm ready to throw in the towel. I'm ready to get out of here. I'm ready to go in. And so you're looking at guys that are mending nets that didn't yield anything, washing nets that didn't yield anything, picking out things, cutting their fingers on shells, messing with stinking dead fish, throwing stuff left and right, seagulls, probably popping them on the head, trying to grab their fish. You know, just every possible scenario that could just make it worse is making it worse. But you know what they're doing? They're washing those nets because they are fishermen, and that's what fishermen do. And on the days that we don't feel like it, we pray because that's what we do. On the days that uh, we don't feel so good about ourselves or about this world, we let our light shine because that is who we are. We witness for Him because that's what we do. We still praise Him and love Him and live for Him because that's what we do. We are fishermen of men. And God has called us to this occupation. He has called us to this position in life. And so whether we're feeling good or not and whether we've been pulling in revival or not, we keep going because that's what we do. So Brother Larry, we keep washing nets. We keep going. We keep doing it. And we just keep going through it. Because tomorrow is another day. 
And I'm sure they had to teach some of them new guys. You know, one place it says that John and his brother were with their dad. He raised them up in the family business. And I'm sure they had some days where they went out with pop, didn't catch a thing. Shouldn't we be getting in another line of work? This don't seem like a lot of fun, Dad. And he would tell them, I've been fishing longer than you've been alive. Tomorrow's another day. And the next day, they grabbed that big net full of fish, and them kids wide-eyed and screaming and hollering, look at all the fish there. Look, I told you, it's going to pay off. I'm telling you, it'll pay off living for God. And there might be some days where it feels like you ain't dragging nothing but junk in. Maybe some days where all you're doing is, is cleansing yourself because this day has gotten all over you. But let me tell you something. You keep on living for God. You keep on washing them nets. You keep yourself ready because there's somebody coming. You, you're about to hit a place where you're going to reach somebody. You're going to catch somebody. You're going to be the witness that somebody was waiting on. I don't want to have no holes in my net. People slipping through. I want to take care of it. I want to mend what's broken. I want to fix what's wrong. You know, a couple of times in Psalm 51, we talked about that scripture on on Sunday, but a couple of times in Psalm 51, David, uh, two times, God, wash me. Wash me. Man after God's own heart, wash me. King of Israel, wash me. Giant killer, wash me. Anointed to be the king, chosen by God, picked out of all them other brothers. He found himself in a place, wash me, wash me thoroughly because I want to be the best king I can be. I want to be the best worshiper I can be. I want to be the best I can be because tomorrow's another day and I still got to lead your people and I still got to face enemies. I still got to go to battle. I still got things I got to do, so wash me. And you know what? Tomorrow, you got to go out in this world and you're going to see people that don't know God. You're going to see people that don't love God. Wash me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Fix me. Mend me. David, create me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within me. Mend my net. Mend my net. We need to make sure we, that we don't get uh, tired and get in a place where we don't want to do this anymore. Don't lose hope. Paul wrote to the church in Galatians, he said, in 6 and 9, let us not get weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. This applies to washing nets. Do we have to wash these nets today? I'm so ill, we didn't catch nothing. Got sunburnt, wind burnt, bad back from hauling that net in. I don't feel like washing them nets, but we got to fish tomorrow. And if you don't get the junk out today, we won't be able to fish tomorrow. If you don't get the stuff out of it right now, it might tear the net. We won't catch anything. It'll ruin it. This net is our life. This net is my life. And so, yeah, you know what? I got to pray again. I got to wash it again. I got to talk to God all over again. Help me, strengthen me, remind me, encourage me. Help my unbelief. Whatever it takes, God, but get me ready for the next day. Because I sure don't want to ever come in contact with somebody and not have an answer. The Bible says be ready always to to give an answer to them that ask. I want to be ready to tell somebody why I'm smiling today. Why I'm so happy today. Why I'm not afraid of the way this world's going. I want to tell them about the love that Jesus has. I want to tell them about a God that will take care of them. I want to tell somebody. I want to catch somebody. I want 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 to reel them in. Drag them in. I want to catch them. It applies to washing this. It applies to your life as well. In Ephesians, Paul was writing about husbands and wives, but he references Christ and the church. And in chapter 5 and verse 25, he said, Husbands, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. He wants to wash it. That's us, the church. We're the church now. And he says, how did, you get, how did you get to be the church? Because he sanctified us, cleansed us, 
the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot, wrinkle, or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. When we start out in this thing, he washed us so that people could see who we are. He washed us so we would have a testimony. He washed us so we could say, I once was lost, but now I'm found. I'm blind, but now I'm seen. He washed us so we could say he called me out of darkness in the marvelous light. And he got me out of a horrible pit, got me out of the miry clay, set me on a solid rock, and established my going. At the beginning, he washed me. He washed me in, this, in the water, and his blood was applied, and he washed my sins away. He made me white as snow. It changed my life. And people see that change. But over time, as you start fishing for men... Your net's going to get a little dirty. Your net's going to get some stuff caught in it. Come on, don't act like every day is perfect. You know it ain't. And so we need to learn to wash those nets. We need to, to, Lord, cleanse me, wash me thoroughly, wash me again, create in me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. Lord, get this out of me. The Bible says for us to examine ourselves. So I'm looking at my, what what are you examining? You're examining your life. You're examining your net. How come I'm not being a good witness? Maybe it's because you shoot off at the mouth all the time. How come I'm not, uh, nobody wants to talk to me about Jesus? Probably because your social media posts scare people off. Uh, I'm just saying, well, you know, there's things that we need to make sure. Look at our life. Or we, you know, we, we get to church on Sunday and we're like Joe Super Christian, but then during the week nobody knows who we are. They can't even tell you serve God. Is this the only time that you, that you utter the words praise God or that you ever talk to the Lord is in here? It shouldn't be. Is this the only place that you lift your hands? It shouldn't be. Is this the only place that you read your Bible or, or hear any word? It shouldn't be. People outside these four walls need to know that you love God. And so it starts off with a washing. And then it's a washing. We, we, Lord, cleanse me. Wash me again. Wash, wash me, Lord. Cleanse me. Let me get this stuff off me. Get this world off me. Get these things out of my mind. And we do that by, you know, we've got to take steps to do that. Paul said back up a little bit in, in uh, verse 19 and, and 20. He said, speak to yourself in psalms, hymns, Spiritual songs. Singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Keep good things in your heart and in your mind and coming out of your mouth. People say, well, I was really, you know, I hear people say this. Uh, I don't know if this is, is like a, a New York saying or what, but I hear them say, I'm going to have a good thought for you. Why don't you have a good word for me? I appreciate a good thought, but Say something good. Yeah, yeah. You know, somebody's looking at me. What are you doing? Oh, I'm thinking a good thought about you. Why don't you just tell me what you're thinking? <laughs> it's like people uh, uh, never tell their loved ones, their, their wife, wife, that they love them. Why don't you just say, well, they, all, they know that. Why don't you say it? Yeah. We say it all the time. And it don't lose any effect. It don't mean any less. I mean it as much as I did the first time I said it. I mean it more now. It means more. Say it. Speak it out. And you know what? I love Jesus. And I shouldn't be afraid to say that outside these four walls. I shouldn't be afraid to say that in public, that I serve the Lord. He's the creator of the world. People that live in this world today. And I'm afraid afraid to tell them, hey, I serve the one that created you. I don't believe in that. If you believe it or not, it happened. <laughs> you wouldn't be here without him. You're in his image. No matter what they believe, it's the truth. But we could just go ahead and collect junk and collect junk and collect junk till we're unrecognizable. We're unusable. We're ineffective. I don't want to be ineffective for God. I want to take steps so... Speak to yourself and sing. Maybe if you can't sing, sing in your car. 
If you can't, if you really can't sing, please sing in your car. Don't sing. Don't ask to join the choir. Sing, sing out there. People need to know the limitations. I mean. <laughs> but then he said, giving thanks always for all things. So I'm going to thank him for a net that didn't produce that day because it's got the opportunity to. It may not work and been as effective today as it should have been, but I know that there's another day coming. I know that I'm going to have another opportunity. So I'm giving thanks always for all things unto God and Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we just thank God we keep going on. And listen, take steps to clean your net, to wash your net, to clean your life. Now it said here that the Lord did it through the washing of water by the word. I cannot stress the importance of having a daily reading of God's Word or hearing some preaching of God's Word. We need daily bread. We need Word. And you don't have to read the whole Bible every day. You don't have to read a whole book of the Bible every day. But for goodness sake, get some kind of Word. You know, wake up, read, read three or four Scriptures. Get some word. You get on your lunch break, read three or four scriptures. You get home in the evening, read three. I can't read at night. Not anymore. I read at night now, gone, out. I'm sleeping. You can forget it, man. It's terrible. Uh, I am just like that. If I sit still and start trying to focus on these pages, I am out. So I read in the mornings when I get up, and uh, it's, a lot, it's a lot easier. So, um, so if you, you're like that, try to listen to it. I remember Brother Everhart he had a little clock radio that had a cassette thing in it, and it would automatically flip the tape back and forth. The cassette. You kids don't know about some of these don't know about no cassette, but it would flip it, and he would put uh, that Bible on tape in that thing, and he would go to sleep, and it would just play it back and forth all night long. He said because it gets in your subconscious, and he could quote scripture, man, he could quote it, and he, he said, and he did that every night. And so, I, man, first thing I did uh, when I found one of them. I mean, it was like a block of cassettes like that. And, uh, but I would ride in my work truck, and I'd just be, what are you listening to, the Bible? To the Bible? Yep, just listening to the Bible. Or I was listening to that or preaching. It was one of those two things because I wanted to learn it. But that word, it'll, it'll help you. The Bible says we're sanctified by truth. His word is truth. Jesus said the words of speaker, spirit, and life. You can't, you can't do without the word. The importance of having the word, we're born again by it, we live by it, we're washed by it. Get some word. It will help you with your situations. It'll help you put in perspective what's going on in this world. It'll help you remember who you serve and who you are. And it'll help you clean your net. Now, pray. I know sometimes we don't feel like praying. We're tired. We're ill. We're aggravated. That's when we need to pray. God, help me. But prayer, uh, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It reminds us who he is, how special he is, what he means to us in this life. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. It'll help keep you kingdom minded. It'll help get your mind off the things of this world. Off your, it'll help get your mind off your job, off your school, off the test you failed, whatever. Pray. Help me. And then, forgive me, Lord, of Wash me. Forgive me of my trespasses. Forgive me of my debts as I forgive those who trespass against me. It helps you clear yourself, cleanse yourself, get yourself right, gets you back into a spot where you're ready for the next day. Right. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. It helps keep you in a place where you're supposed to be. It helps keep you away from things that would mess your net up. So pray. And then, I don't know what's happened, bro. This thing's acting crazy. But just live for God. Yeah. Just live for God. Right. You know, just live according to the scripture. Yeah. Live for him. Live according to this word. Yeah. Be holy because he's holy. Yeah. Live, live, live right. One place, uh, uh, one of the writers, he said, do not err or do not get off the mark, my, my brethren. And then he said, I write unto you that you sin not. Just you know, for goodness sake, if we live for God, if we say we live for God, then live for God. 
I know there'll be mistakes. I know there'll be days that we, we just make a mess of things. But you know what part of living for God is? Asking for forgiveness. Asking God to help me, get me back on the right path. You know, all these people in this jar right here, all these prodigals that we've got right here, we're praying for them. That's, you know why their name's in there? Because we believe in them. We believe God will bring them back, back into his house. They've made mistakes, made bad choices. That don't mean they're lost, causes that they're without hope. God can help them and get them back where they need to be. It's the same way with us. That's part of living for God. Saying, hey, forgive me of my debts. Forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against me. If we confess our faults, he's faithful to forgive us. Isn't that what it said? So, so we've got a place that we can, can be all right. We don't take a day off just because we're aggravated. It's a big trend today. People get a little aggravated at their job. They take it out on God. They get aggravated at their husband or their wife or their friend. They take it out on God. Get aggravated at school, fail a test. Take off on a drinking binge or something. You know, what are you doing? I thought you lived for God. Failed my test today. What's God? So God, God made you fail? You mad because God didn't make you smarter? Or what if you'd have studied? Oh, that, that works a lot of times, don't it? If you just study. A lot of problems we have is because we caused them ourselves. Right. No sense in taking it out on the Lord. <coughs> we don't take it out on God. Live for Him. Don't, don't be trying to fit in with the world. Yeah. Trying to win the world. Not, listen, we're not trying to gain the world. We're trying to help save the world. Right. There's a scripture we'll, you know, that we've need to remind ourselves of it. It's so familiar. John wrote this, 1 John 2, 15 through 17, love not the world. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man, any man, love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, it's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abides forever. I don't want to have nothing going on with me that's passing away. Old things should already passed away. So I, I want to stay away from that. Then Jesus said in Matthew 19 or 16 and 26 that what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Have everything that people could want and still be lost. Or what would a man give in exchange for his soul? I don't want to trade this life for nothing. I don't want to trade this new life that Jesus has gave for anything. I want to hang in there. I'm getting ready to wind up. So Paul writes to Timothy, Exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable for all things. But it's the rather... There's going to be a choice. He said, refuse old wives' tales and babblings and things like that. He said, but exercise thyself rather. Make a decision. Be intentional. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He said, choose who you're going to serve. Because the Lord don't drag you kicking and screaming. He said, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. But as fishermen, it's one thing that you should know that you've got to clean your nets. You've got to do that. So we're going to end with the miracle. And go back to Luke. And then let's look at verses 4, 5, and 6. Where, because it didn't just, uh, wasn't all bad. When he had left speaking, he said to Simon, lost out in the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Simon's like, man, we have toiled all night, taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And so you see that there was, 
this tremendous draught of fish that fills up two boats so, so full that the boats begin to sink. Now, here's what I want you to see why washing this was so important that day. I imagine in my mind these guys coming into shore with nothing but a bunch of junk. All the stuff they had caught that was nothing. That Peter refers to it, we have taken nothing. I'd like to think, you know what? Forget these nets. I'm going home and I'm going to bed. I'm going to get my recliner. I'm go I, I forget it. You know, it's been a rough night. We'll get the nets later. It's been bad. But because they were diligent in washing their nets and doing what they are supposed to be doing, they are still at the seashore when Jesus shows up. Now, if they had just went home mad, angry, upset, disappointed, sick of fishing, I think I'm going to take up farming, forget fishing. If they had just left and went home, Jesus gets there, there's two empty boats, nobody's around. But because they were there, Washing their nets, they were able to hear Jesus say, hey, launch out into the deep and drop your net. They were able to hear a word from God that was going to provide a miracle. I'm telling you, even after working and being upset and disappointed, they were still in a place where they could be obedient. And washing your nets will keep you in a place where you can hear from God and where you will be obedient, and then you will get your miracle. If they had just got upset, threw in the towel, forget it, went home, nobody's there, this story doesn't happen. But because they were there washing their nets, it had them in a place where they could be given a miracle. And I'm going to tell you, he said, we toiled all night, we took nothing. But at your word, I'm going to do what you say anyway. All the work in the world can't produce the miracle of being obedient. One cast, they got enough fish to sink two boats. The night before, it was on their own steam. I don't know how many times they threw that net out. Nothing, 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 nothing. That's why you better stick with Jesus. Because you, keep, you try to be the lone ranger and go up on your own, it's going to be nothing, nothing, and more nothing bunch of heartache, a bunch of weariness, tired, aggravated, discouraged, and giving up. Yeah. But if you'll keep yourself washing your nets, yeah. you'll keep yourself, you'll keep taking care of this life God's given you, you're going to be in a place when he finally says, okay, it's time for your miracle. Right. It's time for your miracle. Yeah. It's time for you to see something great. It's time for something to happen. Right. Don't stop being faithful to God. Right. Don't stop being faithful to what he called you to do. He yeah. called us to be fishers of men. Yeah. Keep Washing those nets. Isn't that awesome? Made Peter fall down and say, Woo, you got to go, Lord. I'm a sinful man. He probably knew all the things he'd been thinking when he was rowing into shore with them empty nets. All them, you know, Peter, little, he might have been a little rough. I don't know what he was like before he started following Jesus, but it seemed like he might have been a little rough because he was still quick to cut people's ears off. He, you know, and so he he might have been a little he, sailors, you know. I don't know. He, he, he might, have, had, might have had a mouth on him. Whatever it was, he was still in a place to be obedient to God. Don't let the disappointments of the day stop you from being obedient to the Word of God. Don't let the the, the tiredness, the weariness, the, 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 the over and over again, ever, ever, ever stop you from being obedient to the Word of God because it will produce. I'm thankful tonight for this life that God gave me. Honey, you can come to the music. I'm thankful. You keep on working, keep on washing. Your miracle's coming. You stay faithful to Him. It's going to happen. It's been a long time. There's another scripture that says, weeping may endure for a night. I don't know if how much weeping was going on that night, but I'm sure there was a lot of grumbling and complaining and cussing going on. I can't believe this. 
I knew I should have took that job in the city. What am I doing fishing? I ain't never fishing. I ain't never throwing another net again after this night. A lot of, whew. but it just takes that one miracle to make you realize this is what I do. Let me tell you, there's going to be a lot of times. You know, we cast, the Bible talks about a man sowing seed. And he's slinging it and it's falling on all kind of ground. All the ground don't produce. But it's not about, he just said sow the seed. He just sow the word. He just sow the word. Is everybody you talk to going to come to God? Statistically speaking, no. Experience speaking, no. It don't happen. Sometimes the ones you think definitely going to come, not going to do it. And sometimes it's just those that you never, never imagined that you find them, the word growing in their heart and changing them and making something out of them. That's how it works. But if somebody's not sowing, if all you're looking at is the stony ground, if all you're looking at is the ground that's full of weeds and briars. And you say, ah, what's the sense of it? There's a lot more ground it seemed like the seed didn't grow in. But every once in a while it's going to find that good patch. And it's going to grow 30, 60, 100. It's going to produce. I'm ready to see revival. I'm ready to see miracles. But if we don't stay faithful, if we don't keep washing those nets, never happen. Let's stand together tonight while she's playing. Just give the altar a call tonight. Just come find a place. Mend your nets. Wash your nets. Lord, search me. Cleanse me. Wash me again. Get me ready for tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. Somebody might be waiting on you to cast your net. Somebody might be waiting on you be that fisherman that God called you to be.
thank you, Jesus. I count how many times I used to hear Brother Hart close the service. He would quote that scripture and say, Serve the Lord with gladness. You go out in this world and serve the Lord glad for what he's done in your life and, and be glad for what he can do in other people's lives. Every person you meet that don't know him is another opportunity for somebody to step into the kingdom. So let's, let's win this world for Jesus. Let your light shine. Wash your nets. Thank you for being in service. God bless you tonight. and You can be dismissed in Jesus' name.